Okay, plenty to talk about in the world of harness racing. And Blake Redden joins us with Mick Howard once again. G'day, lads. Gareth, it's, uh, well, it's inter-dominion time, so there's always plenty to yeah. talk about, Mick. Oh, absolutely. How exciting things are done. Have we already maybe, is it the ultimate sniper a now, is it? Well, about the sniper? I, I mean, a lot changed. A lot changed didn't on uh, Friday night, didn't it, Gareth? Yeah, ultimate sniper announced himself as, I think, I don't know how they beat him. He went back. He was three. He went back at the start. I thought he would be in the breeze, but they kicked up, of course, with Chase Auckland. San Carlo was in that spot, so they didn't want to push the button with Ultimate Sniper because they knew Beck Bartley wouldn't hand up. So they thought, well, they don't want to let San Carlo in front. This is how I'm thinking anyway. So Natalie went back. She went three wide without cover at Alexandra Park and treated them with disrespect. Like, Chase Auckland had a lovely run and oh, had Gareth, every possible Gareth. chance. Yes. Come on. Come on. They were roaring in front. They broke the New Zealand record. They well, were going should... too quickly. No. It's a heat of the Inter-Dominion, and they've broken a New Zealand record. They've gone far too quickly, and Ultimate Sniper was able to capitalise well, that. Well, I don't How do they beat him? They're well, not going to walk in an Inter-Dominion final. No, they're not, but he's still going to have to get things to suit. I, don't, he's, he I mean, he's $2.50 fixed odds. All in. That's that's outrageous. He did mow down possibly the two toughest runners going into the series. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see the best of bling it on in the other heat. So, I I mean, a lot is still up in the air, in my opinion. You're a big Chase Auckland man. Were you affected at all then by uh, all the No, I... you would have backed him for sure because <laughs> I backed him. And I thought even though he got to the front, he still he had, he had that. He controlled the race. You know what I'll say without any evidence whatsoever? I wouldn't be surprised if he's a kind of horse that they've done no work with between the free-for-all and the first heat of the Inter-Dominion. He could just be the horse, and I know, I, you know, obviously I, I have uh, rose-coloured glasses, I want to talk about him, but I think he might potentially have been a little bit underdone on Friday night. So were you disappointed then? No. no if you I, backed him, was he disappointing oh, on what, what you saw in New Zealand? I mean, in oh, Christchurch. Not really. He's broken the New Zealand record and gone down by a head. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't... No, I wasn't... I wasn't disappointed with him at all. What about San Carlo? When you have a look at those times, he, he's he's gone pretty good, actually, San Carlo. He had to face the breeze, and he'll get his chance tomorrow night when he draws the pole and yeah. bling it on on his back. So the Aussies really need to step up and be counted for because it was a nightmare of an opening night for the Aussies. It really was, and, and San Carlo... Look, I think we've we've outlined this a little bit on the program over the last few months, and much to to Jason Bonington's chagrin, it's it's hard to see many scenarios that are going to work out well for San Carlo. And as you've pointed out, he's he's got an ideal scenario where he's drawn the pole and likely leader, but he's going to have Bling it on sitting on his back. So it's not you know it doesn't look it doesn't look like it's going to go well for him in the next couple of weeks. San Carlo, fingers crossed, Mick, but. Um, you know, he's he's in a bit of an awkward spot. Yeah. Well, he's never really been a short-distance horse, has he, San Carlo? He's always liked it the longer. He's been actually... They've avoided the, the sprint races with him pretty much throughout his career. So while it looks perfect for him, it's going to be tricky because he's not necessarily that extreme high speed, especially among some of these, and he's got a pretty competitive heat. AG pulls up his socks and finds his best in a shock result. That was a... It was a shock result. The second heat of that Inter-Dominion there on Friday night... But obviously we found out after the race that Blingen on was hitting a wheel. So we just got too keen for Luke McCarthy, which means they went too quick and it brought in a horse like AG um, to come into the contest. <laughs> you want to have a crack at his full name, Gareth? AG's White Sox. Well done. Yes. Well done. I I used to I was half in love with this horse, I reckon, going back four years ago when he burst onto the scene for Greg and Nina Hope, and he's been an abject disappointment, you'd have to say, over the last four years. And 
that was only um, exemplified this year by his, his New Zealand Cup preparation where he just didn't look like he could get near it. He was doing things wrong and didn't look anywhere near his best. And he's gone to the North Island. He's been with Barry Purden for five or six days and he's looked like the best version of AG's White Sox we've ever seen. So I don't know how to rate it. Mick, I think, you know, if you're looking at your early market, he's $15 and Ultimate Sniper's $2.50. I know who I'd rather be on because he's... He's run a similar time. He's done a, a very similar thing in transit. And, I mean, on face value, how can you knock what he's done? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was very impressive. But I think we haven't gone to the Trothers yet, which I think this is even more the case with the Trothers. But I think it actually raised more questions than answers uh, on Friday night. And what we do know was Chris Bromack battled on well. The fixer was really impressive. Bling it on had an excuse. So that's probably the three big guns that we would have had at the top of that market. AG's White Sox was lightning and hitting the line. And I want to see a little bit more, though, before I would start thinking about into the winner. King comes to play. This is point three in the things we learnt. King comes to play as the trotter's blown wide open, as you just touched on, Mick. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Paramount King, we're talking about in the first of the trotter's heat, we all sort of expected Habibi Inter to go around, well, some people expected Habibi to go around, Habibi Inter to go around and win, but he sat off speed, and I must say, I know he got shunted three wide on the track, and it looked a bit unfavourable for him, but late, he was He's he was pretty plain. He was really plain, wasn't yeah. he? So, uh, for a horse that went in, odds on favourite there, he was favourite for the series, it, you know, it did, didn't get much better for um, Tough Mike, the Australian, in the next heat, but... It's just it, it just looks very confusing now. I mean, Paramount King was excellent, winning massive Metro, really brave. Big Jack Hammer, okay, but hard to see him winning a final after that, uh, unless everything went his way. He sat back off off hot speed, and and you've got horses like Valoria and Monty Python who are sort of eye catchers. So I don't know what to make of the first Trotter's Heat. Mick, we've sort of spoken about it a little bit how wide open the square gate is now. Look, but um, yeah, Paramount King was the be- best horse on the night. I thought it was a tick for Big Jack Hammer. I thought that's not necessarily his go. I think at this level, from what we've seen, the best of him being with the sit. So I think they would have been happy with those points. Yeah, a lot are going to get through, what, 12 of only 20 now. So that's certainly going to be huge for him. Uh, Paramount King was really impressive, but at the same time had the perfect sit throughout and took advantage. Josh did well to to move early, which uh, sort of gave him the jump. And as you said, Massive Metro was the big takeaway. That was a pretty huge run. What about this other point that we'll have a chat about is Winterfell delivers masterclass and perfect hit out. It's nearly hard to see him getting beat now in the series after. We all know his Gareth. class. But like, Gareth, come on. Well, McCool is the, was the $1.75 favourite. Did ever, you watch the race? Yes, and I like Winterfell. I think it would be pretty tough to beat. Winterfell got the jump on Markula. Markula got buried three pegs yeah, from but we, Mac, the pole. Markula's Mac, a horse that needed to win that because I don't know if he's the greatest stayer, is he? Oh, I'm, Gareth, did you watch the Dominion trot? Mark he went, he went ballistic in front and was still still ran fourth. I, I think. Yeah, but he got how far did he get beat? If he can settle, yeah. If he can settle, that's my he'll, point. Uh, he'll, so he he'll can't run. stay if he can't settle, Blake. Well, he only has to follow a helmet and he'll settle. But Winterfell, I think, had you know things. Although he was out facing the breeze, worked out pretty well for him. No one was expecting Tough Monarch to drop out early which just made it even harder on Mark Cooler. And, and, you know, Winterfell did steal a march. So, yeah, well done to him. He's a, he's a good horse. He galloped in the Dominion Trot, I believe. So he didn't go around there, um, uh, or at least on Tuesday and Cup Week, whichever week, whichever day it was. But, I mean, he's a good horse. I think Mark Cooler is still probably the best run in the race, even though he had a soft trip. And Majestic Man was good. Again, you know, horses like Temporali, Destiny Jones, Bonnie Highlander, they were all sort of eye-catchers. So, yeah. 
We don't consider him in the same class as the first couple, Mick, but um, hard to know now. Still got a question mark on Winterfell. It was an impressive run, but Mark said he pulled pretty much throughout and he essentially just let Winterfell do as he pleased because the alternative was he fights him and he, he runs himself into the ground anyway. So you sort of wonder how's that going to treat him over the course of the three heats and into the final if he is over racing consistently. Is it going to come back to bite him? Yeah, Mark Purd and Ali Rasmus, and they, they do have a wonderful record in making sure their horses are right and ready to go on final night. And the last point here is Macca makes it its second cup in a bid for Country Cup's title. This was a wonderful story, and this is a wonderful story with a horse that has had his problems, but he was dominant in front there um, when he went to the front yesterday, and that stall-pacing cup, and I think Herbertson can take a bow, was a wonderful drive. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself, Gareth. You've absolutely nailed that round stall. There's only one place you want to be, particularly in, in good races, and that's in front. And um, he was able to hold off the, the favourites, Eman Macker. And again, you know, people might not consider him in the same class as your Code Blacks and, and Phoenix Princes and Co. But um, he's uh, he's picked off two country cups now. He won Sonata, now he's won Stall, and he's come back in, in really good fashion. So Greg Schofield's done a really good job with him. Um, Mick, I mean, it sort of has livened up this Country Cup championship a little bit. I know Code Black got points again running second, and he's gone off on a on a long lead, but Emane Macker does seem that kind of horse that he can pick off those Country Cups that aren't quite at the top level, so he might be storming into contention, but um, yeah, it was a good day out at Stall Sunday. Very good, very versatile horse in the Emane Macker, as you say. Great story for Greg Schofield, and Another big drive for Jimmy Herbertson. He's just clearly in the absolute top tier of what we've got in Victoria concession claim or not now. He just keeps turning up, and he, he does it at Melson regularly as well as on the country circuit. But uh, look to look at the Trots Country Cups Championship. We're 35K now. Black on 19 points after five starts. Eme Macca, two starts in Country Cups, which is, say, two wins on 10 points, and Phoenix Prince is next on nine. But, yeah, I think they're going to be battling for all the way through to that last cup. Now, Blake, you would know this because you know everything. No, not e- true. Emane Macca, when I followed this horse, that's how I thought you'd say it, but Luke Humphreys had a different name for it yesterday, did he? Well, funnily enough, I reckon Dan Malecki also calls it very similar to Luke, and I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe the owners prefer it potentially as, um, oh, I don't really want to have a crack at it, but it's a man Macca, basically. Yeah. Um, or a man Macca, but... Uh, so it's a, it's a Navin fort in an ancient ceremonial monument near Amar, Northern Ireland. Yeah, well, Irish is uh, is not my language, I must no. say. Gareth, they can, they can throw in some funny ones um, in terms of their language and how it's pronounced. So, I, yeah, I, I actually did notice that myself. And, I, I you know, he's been called different things over the journey. But um, maybe that's the way we go with it. No, he's a great story. I, I, and the way that he performed yesterday, especially around those tighter tracks... If he finds the front, he'll be pretty hard to beat. And it was a daring drive, too, by young Herbertson. He's come a long way, hasn't he, really, over the last 12 months? Would I be right in saying that, Blake? Very fair. Very fair. Obviously, that partnership with Savannah JJ, the trotter, yep. going back, say, eight or so months, really catapulted him, I believe, drove his first group one winner with Savannah JJ, if not um, won some very good races with him. So, uh, yeah, he's um, he's done a really good job. He's obviously a, a guy that loves the game, a student of the game, and he, he's driving plenty of winners at the minute. And he's doing it without necessarily the backing of one stable only. He's actually driving for a lot of different trainers and getting performances across the board. Is that, that fair? Yeah, well, absolutely. He's um, Well, he's not linked to, you know, your Emma Stewart's or, uh, or necessarily any of the, the massive stables. Yeah. So he, he's doing a good job at that, you know, that catch driving level. A few SMSs coming through. Where's Bonners? Is he still hooked on scotch? <laughs> uh, good one. What did you think of Hooked on Scotch, Gareth? Oh, I thought he was pretty good. It was a great yeah. story to see Whiskey Wright win the Sandown or the Melbourne Cup. And 
Anthony as a party. We had him on the show on that Thursday and he was emotional talking about what a victory in the Melbourne Cup would mean to him and, and his family and he lived his dream there on Friday night. But I thought Hooked on Scott just missed it slightly, had a little bit of work to do down the back. But uh, the winner, all credit to the winner because he did everything right. A little bit like E. Main Macca there yep. yesterday at Stall. <laughs> um, I avoided your question a little bit, but to answer you, your question, I believe Bonner's had a meeting in the city today. Okay. So, <laughs> I wonder um, what that meeting would I be. Yeah. I don't know what it I'd means. I'm fascinated. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be interesting. The way San Carly was driven in the Swan Hill Cup is now having its effect on the New Zealand campaign. campaign. Can't keep giving horses gut busters. That's from one of our listeners. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. Beck Bartley is a generally conservative driver, so she's only driving the horse to, to his best asset, which in these races is to yep. be up on speed. I'd, You know, it's not ideal, and it's certainly not going to serve him well, you would have thought, over time, but you got to do what you got to do. And that's why we continue to ask Jason the question, why he continues to talk him up. I've got all, so much admiration for San Carlo, so much respect for his big heart, and he's done a mighty job and solved the connections with that horse. Stephen O'Donoghue's prepared him beautifully, and Rebecca Bartley drives him the way that he needs to be driven. And obviously they've had to look after him over that journey with his injury problems, and he's basically a really lightly raced nine-year-old. But you can't say that he's an A grader because if he's racing pattern, that's an, I'm, that's just, I'm not going to get. Uh, that's just the facts. I'm um, not going to get bogged down in the minutiae of the uh, of the description descriptive words, Gareth. But, okay. Oh, uh, Jason uses words that people can't understand these days. To, <laughs> these days to explain how smart he is, but really, <laughs> afternoon did Blake back a couple of winners over the weekend. Very lippy today. Great to hear the passion. Oh, jeez, yeah. I don't know about that. Now stay I, with. Um, no, yeah. I didn't. We had our Christmas party on Friday, so maybe it's just some residual. Yes. Now, we're about to have our talk. Uh, we'll have a chat about the markets coming up for the Inter-Dominion. The heat's there tomorrow night. So don't go anywhere, lads. Um, I want to see if you can help us find a couple of winners. This is Gate Speed with Gareth Hall and RSN Central. Mick Howard and Blake Redden also with me. Now, boys, let's go through the markets for the Inter-Dominion heats in both the Pacers and the Trotters tomorrow night at Alexandra Park. Trace Hawkins at a dollar seventy-five. Your horse, Blake, should he just lead and win? Oh, you think based on the speed he showed last time, he'll just lead, and I'd like to think he'll just win, but not not a over the line job, I wouldn't say, Mick. I don't know. It looks pretty good to me. It looks like the weaker of the two by a considerable yeah. margin. I think he dominates. Where's yeah. the pressure come from? Is there any threat? Is Atomic Reg going to ping and make it difficult early? I think nah. it's just easy for Chase Hawkins. Yeah, Colt 31 might roll forward, but yep. it does look a really good betting race, Gareth, because with AG's White Sox, Colt 31, and maybe Ashley Lokaz, I, you know, the fixer might be in a little bit of bother at that barrier draw over the sprint trip, so might be able to make some money from the trifecta. We should mention, nice spot for my Kiwi mate, the Victorian just on the back of Chase Yeah, Hawkins. I mean, hard to get enthused after his first run, but um, it, it will play out pretty well for him. I think that Grant Dixon, he will put, he'll he'll ask Colt 31 to really hum out of the gate, and he might even have a look for the front of Chase Auckland or put pressure on him. We know that he can come out of the gate pretty quickly if Grant Dixon wants him. The to, problem is the last time he did it, he galloped at Melton, so I don't know whether they will do that. Yeah, I think he'll just roll across. Yeah, but then I think he needs to finish definitely in the top four, and if he's caught yeah. in the breeze or if he can't get to the peaks, he might be in a little bit of trouble after having no luck on the opening night. So he might just think, well, if I gallop, I gallop, but if I don't have a crack, I'm not going to make the final anyway. 
the fixer could be interesting as well off that second line. Really hit the line superbly. Looks like he's just going to cruise his way through these heats. Yeah. I reckon he's going to pop up very late in the final. Well, and just, Natalie, um, Natalie Rasmussen did say that. She said she was disappointed with him, the fixer, right. during the Christchurch series on mm. Cut Week. He just didn't perform like she wanted him to, and he didn't go around a horse, or he didn't pass a horse in that free-for-all. So their plan is just to get his confidence back and to see where he's at. I think they give him a tick there on Friday night, and I don't think they'll be rushing to put him into the race. They'll be, as you just pointed out, Mick, trying to get enough points so he does make the final and then play it from there. Uh, Winterfeld's at $1.80. Nice and short, majestic man at three seventy here, Blake, in the first of the Trotters' heats there tomorrow night. Yeah, I... Uh probably be staying out of this one majestic man i'd, I'd just favor over winterfell but uh maybe maybe destiny jones a place i think yep. there could be something just a little bit at 11 dollars blake yeah I'd, i'm keen i'm keen that's a good price zach butch he's the man yeah he, he can get a place with destiny jones for us mick anything for you uh don't see a lot to get too excited about largely habibi inter we don't really know exactly that they're also up and down from one performance to the next it's difficult to to know yeah. what's to come so i think i'd be uh, on the sidelines okay Ultimate sniper dollar ninety five. I still think blinging on's the bet here at five fifty. Yeah, don't disagree. I mean, San Carlo should lead pretty comfortably. Um, again, there there are a number of forces here that went wrong well in the first heat that are just going to get awkward spots again. Max Shard or Mark Shard, classy brigade wasn't bad. Triple um, Eight was really good. So that this is, as Mick said, clearly the stronger of the heats. Yep. But if San Carlo leads and gets into the sprint lane and blinging on travels better. You'd expect to be hard to, you know, hard to uh, not win from where he's going to be. Yeah, I mean, if Ultimate Sniper just wins this from yeah, the wide yeah. gate, wouldn't be great for the series. Shut it down because that'd be extraordinary. So the dollar ninety-five looks really short for me in such a class field that has so many threats in the likes of Cruz, Bro, Mac, Blinkered on. Um, there's plenty racing really well there. And then Uncle, our Uncle Sam, the New South Wales horse that we see plenty of in Victoria, really important race, but it looks a bit tricky. Okay. Interesting that Anthony Frisbee's back on him, Gareth. Yes. I mean, yeah, interesting. Now it's time for our Tassie Racing Pulse or our Tassie listeners to head over to Racing Pulse Tasmania with Michael Falgate. And if you're listening in Victoria, we'll stick, of course, with gate speed. Okay, boys, what about McCauley? Looks pretty tough to beat in that last league. Can he hold the front from gate one this time? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd like to hope so, but... Um, Do you think they made the decision not to hold it? It seemed like it was okay for the first 50 metres, and then they just didn't put up a fight. I think I uh, read the stewards report, and potentially he went a bit roughly. Sheree Tomlinson just yeah. uh, mentioned that she didn't really want to extend him fully, so that's a little bit of a concern, I guess, drawing the inside barrier again, but... Um, if he does get crossed, I suspect it's probably only by one this time, and, and that horse would, if it's a temporale, hold the lead. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, hard to be against Mark Hawley here, but um, you want to see him do it. Good opportunity for Tough Monarch, potentially on his back, especially if Mark Hawley holds up, because that was a pretty disappointing first display. Always a pleasure, lads. Thanks for that. Enjoy Thanks, the guys. rest of the Inter-Dominion.